0: I'm Philippe from the Vancouver Whitecaps, Uh, you're listening for What's Up Whitecaps.
1: Welcome to the fifth episode of What's Up Whitecaps. This week has been an interesting but fairly quiet week for the Caps. With no game being played and only a game to look forward to, there was still plenty of action. Canadian soccer talking points and even a new player arrival.
2: This week we have a few main topics. We'll look, we'll look ahead to the Whitecaps versus Sounders game coming up. Review what happened in Canada soccer this week. We'll have your academy and injury update as we always do. And last but certainly not least, we will talk about what the arrival of new left back Ali Adnan means for the next couple of months as he comes in on loan from Udinese. Our guest this week is Whitecaps Assistant Equipment Manager, Cortland Ton, who was able to speak with us after training this week. So, Tom, let's talk about that cannon game first. What do you think of the cannon game?
1: I thought it was a great game. We had an unlucky unlucky goal against us. You know, that's just a little mix-up between the goalkeeper and the defenders, but, you know, it's something we can easily fix. And we had a lot of great shots. We had 18 shots total, and we had eight on target. And the uh, French... Uh, Guiana team, their shots were what miles away. So in the end, I think it was really good performance from defense and offense, except for that little, little slip-up, which
2: probably won't ever happen again. I mean, it was certainly a, quite a slip-up between Cornelius Henry, Borian, and Piet there, uh, just kind of dinking the ball in the back line and allowing French Guiana to just pressure. And uh, a slip-up by uh, Borian means Guiana get a goal and They're into the Gold Cup, which is impressive for them. Uh, I think it would have been very interesting this week to watch the Canadian training sessions heading up to this match. Mm, For sure. You saw in the game, there were a lot of set plays. Mm. Uh, They weren't really clear that they were set plays. They looked just kind of funny and creative at the time. But once they tried them the second or third time, you realized, wow, Herdman actually thought this one through. Uh, That's something that I don't think Canada coaches would have done in the past. For example, the first goal that David Jr. Hoylett scored... Oh, that was so cool. He just threw the ball off the back of Marc-Anthony Kay, who was just nonchalantly walking by, and played a little give-and-go with the Tibo Hutchinson at the top of the box before taking a shot. Yes, it did go through the defender's legs. It was still it was, a good shot. It was still, it was a, good still shot, a good shot. And that play worked two or three times in the game. Uh, the French Guiana team didn't really learn from that, and there were a number of instances where the plays were... were seemingly set and then uh, some of the passing as well was just exceptional and I can only imagine if Alfonso Davies was on the other wing you have Jonathan David on one Alfonso Davies on the other it could have been a much much higher score in favor of Canada.
1: I think it's awesome because especially in you know Canada soccer we haven't seen that creativity in the past and I think that's what we need we just need some creativity
2: and you know a very Interesting game. It was a great game to watch. And I mean, Canada now uh, is qualified for Nations League A and has actually been drawn with uh, rivals the U.S. uh, and Cuba in their group. And those games will happen later this year and uh, beginning next year in the upcoming international windows. So Canada is going to host a home game against the U.S. and a home game against Cuba. Where do you play the U.S. game? Where do you play the Cuba game?
1: I think the US game should be played uh, here in Vancouver, I just think it would be a really fun game to go to, uh, a little bit selfish of me, but I just think it would be an awesome game to go to, and then Toronto also gets some action which against Cuba, which as well, they should get a great win, we we had a great win against uh, this French Guiana team, and I reckon they're going to see a good win against Cuba, so I think in, in all it's pretty fair, uh, what about you Ben?
2: I tend to agree. I think you play the, Van- the USA game in Vancouver. You have a big soccer city in Seattle and Portland, and their fans will undoubtedly come up and support the American team uh, here in Vancouver. And also Vancouver is a pretty passionate soccer city, so they'll come out and support the Canadians. We've seen that through other Canadian events that mm-hmm. have happened throughout the city. And it sort of seems to me that Canada soccer has start- started to prefer Vancouver For the men's games and has switched the women's games to the east whereas five or six years ago vancouver was getting the women's internationals and toronto would host all the men's and now it seems a little more mixed but they could throw us a wild card and put it in saskatoon
1: Mm, i honestly to be honest i i enjoyed watching the women's games and we had the world cup uh finals here not that long ago and that was awesome and i just think yeah i'm not us uh, to wear, but I think it would just be awesome for Canada vs. USA, especially in Vancouver. It would just be an awesome yeah, atmosphere, yeah. I
2: think. Yeah, I tend to agree.
1: Anyway, so what do you think of the new uh, Adnan transfer? What's your thoughts on that? He's a big guy.
2: Big guy. I was. Uh, I went out and watched him train a couple times this week. He has trained three times, and he might even start this coming game, and he is a big guy. We're, we in Vancouver, we're used to seeing guys like Jordan Harvey, Brett Levi's, Marcel De Jong at left back. Kind of quick, shorter, creative, not really physical defenseman, but they're just smart. They can get up the field. But Adnan, he is, he's not a player that you're used to seeing in MLS. He was sort of exiled from his club over in Italy. Um, they have something like 50 players on loan. Uh, Udinise, uh <laughs> something almost like Chelsea, as, as I said to Dos Santos and... Santos responded, Chelsea have, I think, 150 on loan, so (laughs) maybe not quite at that level. Uh, But then he's only here till June. Uh, The goal is definitely, for him, his personal goal is to get back into Syria, but he offers a lot. He His free kicks, there was a free kick you can find on the Whitecaps website that he scored against Vietnam, was an absolute screamer. That was in the Asian Cup earlier this year. And so... I'd like to see him on free kicks. He's physical. He's offensive. Like he's just the perfect player, and I think he's going to be a real treat to watch for Whitecaps fans.
1: Well, I think you've said it all there. But looking forward, what's your thoughts on the Seattle game?
2: Well, I'm curious to see what Anan can do because the Whitecaps defense certainly has not been too great this year. And Seattle, mm-hmm. Seattle's offense—they're an offensive juggernaut. They've strong. They're leading the league in goals goals scored. Uh, and uh, they have the highest expected goals as well. So it's definitely going to be a, a tall task, uh, pun intended, um, <laughs> for, for the Whitecaps. Uh, and I still think they're two or three players away from really being able to go toe-to-toe with Seattle. Um, but Seattle, I I mean, I, I've got to say they're going to win mm-hmm. uh, Seattle, but it, it'll be a good game. and. It'll be nice to see a couple of the ex-Whitecaps take on their... Uh, or ex-Sounders, my bad, uh, take on Whitecaps' jersey and take on Seattle.
1: Yeah, and I think it's you know it's going to be a very tough game for the Whitecaps, but I think it's going to be an awesome game to see, especially with uh, Kim Ki-hee versus Hwang Im-bom, the first Korean matchup ever in the MLS. It just shows that the MLS is bringing a lot of international players over now especially with players like, in the past, Gerard, Ibrahimovic, Beckham. sure they it's, all played for yeah, LA it, Galaxy. It, it, it's a
2: very different player that they're attracting now, MLS. Those guys that you just named, they're, they were on the downturn of their career, and they came as just a kind of... For fun. A, a, oh, a, a, fun a, a PR move. Uh, but Kim Keehee, Enbaum uh, for the Whitecaps, and uh, Ezekiel Barco for LA... They see the transfers of Alfonso Davies, Tyler Adams, Miguel O'Meara, and they see MLS now as kind of a, a growing ground and where they can take their game to the next level. Mm. And so it's pretty clear that Inbaum is here not for the long term. He wants to come here. He saw what happened with Davies, and then he wants to make a move like that. I think that's his goal, and I think that's a lot of international's goals. Now that MLS kind of en- enters the third generation of the league so to say first generation was just getting people to come to the games second generation was oh boy we got David Beckham and, <laughs> and third is wow we can actually develop players here and sell them to your big European clubs you see success of Davies at Bayern and Almiron more recently at Newcastle so I think that's
1: awesome it's you know it's good for the especially the Caps. Yeah. With uh, Davies, we've produced probably the best ever uh, MLS prodigy ever. And I think there's only it's only uphill for here. So what do you think, Venuto uh, or Lass?
2: I mean, Lass Bangura, he's been quite good. And I think Bangura, the matchup of Bangura up against Svensson, uh, the defender for Seattle, is going to be a matchup that favors the Whitecaps because Lass... He's nicknamed Sir Speed, so he, he can probably bur- burn by a, the Swedish defender. Venuto, he's creative, but I don't think he's really found his way for the Whitecaps. Uh, so I would go with last, personally. But what about you? Well,
1: I'm going to have to agree with you. I you, I think you've really said it all, and last, for sure. But you never know. Venuto, you know, he can, he can do some good things. But oh, yeah. I think, for now, last, for sure.
2: What's the most important thing you need to see in this game?
1: I want to see how the new player comes, Adnan. I think he's going to be a really good player for the Whitecaps. I just want to see how he goes, and especially Hwang Inbom. I always love watching him play. He's exciting.
2: He has been training on the sidelines this week, uh, and we'll get to that more in our um, injury update. Uh, but In Bom played a majority of two games for South Korea in this past international window. So he's flown all the way over to Asia, flown back, and this week he was just training on the sidelines and I think doing some be. recovery on the bike, but he should be on the bench.
1: Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he won't. He might not stop. I think he's he's still going to be good. He's still
2: fit. He's there was no injuries that he he, he actually got an assist uh, on min Son's goal, yes. uh, for Korea, uh, mm. which is pretty impressive. What's your score prediction, Ben? I've got to say it's going to be two one Seattle. I think that's it, okay. It's going to be a good game. The Whitecaps they've had two weeks to kind of mull over their last loss and kind of their defensive errors that they had in Houston. Uh, but I just, I got to think that Seattle, they've started 3-0. They're scoring like goals mean nothing. Uh, they're a good team. They're a, they're good, a good team. team and Despite the Whitecaps' best efforts, I just can't see them winning.
1: And we're not a bad team. We're just in a different phase. Yeah. We're yeah. rebuilding, and I think it's only fair enough. And 2-1, one goal. It's not.
2: Another one goal loss. Keep in mind, without VAR decisions, we could be 3-0. We
1: could be 3-0. Yeah, we, we have
2: been close. We, we could be 0-3-0 um, as well. Uh, but we haven't been far off of getting some points. So now we're going to go to our interview this week, which is Cortland Ton. He is uh, the assistant equipment manager for the Whitecaps, has been for a number of years now. And it was a pretty good interview. He's a fun guy to be around. Here it is. So I'm here with Cortland Ton. He's the assistant equipment manager at the Whitecaps, and he has been for a number of years. So Cortland, thanks for joining us on the podcast this week.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
2: So so how do you get into uh, equipment managing?
0: Yeah, uh, my... Uh... My dad owns a painting company out in Abbotsford, and uh, he had the opportunity to paint the Abbotsford Heat, the old AHL hockey team there, uh, their locker room. And uh, I went with him a number of times to help him paint. I was 14 at the time, and the equipment staff got to know them really well, and they asked me if I was interested in being a stick boy, and obviously I I wanted to do it. I loved sports, I loved hockey, and uh, yeah, I became a stick boy there, and I was their stick boy for a number of years. And then at what point did you realize you could kind of create a career out of equipment managing and
2: stick boy, for example?
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, when I was a stick boy in Abbotsford, I had the opportunity to go to, to Calgary and work with their, uh, parenting, the Calgary Flames, uh, did a, a few games with them, uh, one at Edmonton, one in Vancouver and one in Calgary and, uh, got to know their equipment manager really well. And he, you know, had a living doing the job and loved it. And I uh, realized I really loved the, uh, the industry and the job and, Uh, you know wanted to do it for for my career and so how'd you end up at the Whitecaps
2: and you've been here for a number of years as well
0: yeah um, it was kind of strange how it all happened Uh, I had an opportunity to work for the the Canucks it fell through and the staff there said uh, if we hear of anything we'll let you know and I uh, when the heat folded I ended up going to Australia did Bible school there for, for a year, and on my way back, uh, the Canucks called me and said, hey, uh, there's an opportunity with the Vancouver Whitecaps, are you interested? And I said, yes, let's let's do it. And I did my interview with the Whitecaps and was the uh, residency equipment manager for, for a year there when I first started. So, yeah, that's how that
2: started. And then how soon after that did you make it up to the first
0: team? Yeah, um, so my boss at the time, or still is, but Ed Georgica, he became the uh, the operations manager. And his assistant, Andrew Lichtenfeld, he became the head equipment manager. And I just made my way up to the assistant equipment manager with being with residency and uh, doing all that, just under a year. So, yeah, I've been uh, the assistant equipment manager. Uh, was doing it for two years. And then I was in Ottawa last year with the Ottawa Fury. And uh, came back to be the assistant equipment manager again for the uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. What brought you back to Vancouver after leaving for Ottawa? Um, it was It was just... It's, I'm from Vancouver. This is my home, and uh, it's uh, you know it's it's such a beautiful city and family, and uh, the the club's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, and that's just why I came came back. And yeah, it's been a very awesome start to the year. And yeah. Well, there's
2: probably a difference in playing in equipment managing for hockey versus soccer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Has have you noticed the difference between equipment managing for the AHL? nhl usl and mls
0: yeah like the 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 biggest difference i think is a there's less equipment in soccer and uh b you're not on the ice in hockey so for soccer you're always on the field uh You know, running around, putting balls in place, putting mannequins, moving nets, this and that. Where in hockey, you're just on the bench, you know, sharpening skates or getting sticks ready. And there's obviously a lot more like shin pads and uh, hockey equipment that you have to deal with in in the hockey industry. Both are are similar, but very different at the same time. And
2: what's the most interesting part of the
0: job? Um, Just your interactions with with everyone with coaches with players um you you have so many different personalities you have to deal with and uh it's it's a really cool industry that way um you know and same with hockey and in in working with with guys in the ahl nhl and now mls just seeing the difference between hockey players and soccer players and all the different athletes and cultures that you get to see is really really cool
2: and what about the most
0: tedious task that you're tasked with doing on a daily basis tedious task uh it's basically just making sure everything is spick and span and you know it might be if the boots aren't the right way around or something like that you know right away and you know you just want everything to be perfect i try to be very ocd and making sure players have exactly what they need for game days and practices and uh yeah just being being organized and there for a player if they need anything
2: is there any player
0: that you were specifically friendly with that you that maybe left this off season that you miss? Um, yeah, no. There's there's lots of you know different players that come and go, and that you know you you stay close with. Uh, don't know the name of a couple, but you know with the national team there was some guys like David Edgar and. Uh, he was in Ottawa with me last year, and he was here before. He's, uh, he's a good mate. And then, uh, yeah, you, you get to meet so many different players, same with Fonzie and, and those guys. So it's cool to see them where they go, and then you still have a relationship with them when they come back to Vancouver.
2: And you stay in touch with some of them too?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. You stay in touch with them. They, you know, you talk every now and then, and, you know, once they move on, you you, you get a friendship. But it's it's a very work... Uh, relationship with the players too so who's the uh, most fun guy on the team right now most fun guy on the team oh boy or best sense of humor best sense of humor there's a lot of guys have a good sense of humor uh, I think Godoy is a really funny guy I get along with him really well Kamiri uh, Daniil Max there's there's a bunch of the the guys in the locker room that are that are really funny and, and good sense of and good personalities you know, there's there's very, very different personalities in the room, but they're all good guys. They really are. And last
2: week when we had Mark Dos Santos on, we asked him who he thought had the best haircut on the team. Who's your
0: vote? Best haircut on the team? Who? That's a that's a good question. He said Kamiri. I would have to say Kamiri as well. That guy has some slick hair. Um, you know I, know, I know Russ really works on his hair on a daily basis. I don't know how it is right now, but he's had very, very, many different hairdos and he's looked very different from season to season with his uh, different haircuts. But uh, yeah, the, the guys really care about their hair. That's, a, that's very important to them. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Well, that was a very interesting interview. It was something different, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I thought uh, we've had players, uh, we've had the coach, we had a fan, Um, I figured just kind of get a different aspect of the club. And we've got a few other aspects coming up and some different guests in the works in the coming weeks. So that'll be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, it'll be really interesting. We've got some really good people lined up. Anyway,
2: injury report. Ben, would you like to give that to us? Well, Russell Tybert, he uh, came back and played 30 minutes for Canada. uh, Quite the ovation he got when he came on at BC Place. Unfortunately for him, he injured his shoulder and is unlikely for the Seattle game, Ooh, that's Andy tough, Rose man. was training this week, um, but he was training alone, uh, still suffering from that concussion and facial fracture that he picked up a few weeks ago. Jesse Kamiri is uh, planned to start training next week, um, but probably just training on the side. Uh, Baldissimo he was training alone this week as well, um, but joined in in the session on Friday, and is, was doing recovery work once he got back from Korea, as we already touched on, after playing almost 160 minutes through two games for Korea. That's awesome for a Whitecaps player. Oh, yeah. And uh, good news and bad news. Brett Levis, he's fully healthy again, and he's back. Training with Uh, the team. Training with the team in full. Um, Unfortunately for him, uh, the bad news is Adnan is here now for the next couple (laughs) of months. And so just as Levis probably is thinking, oh, I can get back into the side. It arrives. He's got some competition with him for a while. Yeah.
1: And we have the development update with the U23s going to England this week to take on a few Premier League U under 23 sides. Their first game was against Bournemouth, which the caps lost 4-2 despite the game being a spirited back and forth affair.
2: The second game was against Brighton and was just earlier Friday morning. The caps got behind 2-0 early. But 2019 Super Draft pick, Brendan McDonough, scored a late consolation goal to bring Vancouver the 2-1 loss. Um, It was a pretty good trip to England, and I think the guys will definitely grow from this experience. Yeah, going to England is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it it was a good game they put on against Bournemouth. Uh, Thomas Hassel, the new um, 17-year-old signing, he actually stopped a penalty against the Bournemouth side. So that was a good trip. The rest of the academy hosted the Portland Timbers at home at the National Soccer Development Center this week. The U-19s played a thriller of a game and thrashed the Portland Timbers four to one. Vasco Fry and Thomas Rambeau scored two goals each. And Rambeau scored a goal of the year nominee. Oh, what was, do you think of that one?
1: That was great. A little chip over the player. Nice little bounce. Beautiful volley right into the top right corner. It was Beautiful And
2: from almost 30 yards out of Yes Yeah, it. sorry, let's yeah, put that
1: yeah.
2: there as well. And uh, Vasco Fry, he scored quite a nice free kick from maybe 35 yards as well. Mm. Uh, so that was a 4-1 win. Uh, a great, great game for the U19s. And they have a lot of momentum as they head into this weekend against another Cascadia Academy, the Seattle Sounders. The U17s uh, had a heartbreaker mm. in the game.
1: They had a 3-2 loss in the final seconds before the whistle. And uh, I think the boys are really going to learn from it.
2: They'll definitely learn from it, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think this is just a learning experience, and they're going to make sure they don't slip up in the final
2: seconds again. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of taking a page out of the Whitecaps book of the last couple of years of blo- <laughs> blowing uh, a lead late. Get- of course, they actually were up to nothing, and they – let three unanswered goals in to lose that game. And the U15s, they're just kids and uh, they lost 2-1. Um, all the teams will host the Sounders Academy this weekend again out at UBC and check the white, white cap schedule for the uh, the times of the games. And I'm going to be heading out there to watch some of the games as I did last week. Um, so it's definitely worth your while to go watch these talent, talented youngsters.
1: And that will be all for this week's episode of What's Up Whitecaps. Thank you very much for listening. As always, I'm Tom, and
2: this is Ben, and we'll see you later. We'll see you next week as we get set to review the Sounders game and hopefully a Whitecaps win.
1: Hopefully. All right.